Getting away from it all is our mission as we look at the newly discovered exoplanets this week, places that might be habitable in galaxies far away. Today, an exomoon. The planet it orbits, if it exists at all, is Upsilon Andromeda d, a Jupiter-like planet a mere 44 light-years from Earth. Some scientists believe the satellites of gas giants in the habitable zones of stars, such as Ypsilon Andromeda d, could be more likely harbors of life than the rocky loner exoplanets. Scientist Sarah Ballard is back today, NASA Carl Sagan Fellow at the University of Washington in Seattle. And if you ask her about a landing on a moon of Ypsilon Andromeda d, she sounds like she visited there just last year. would be a singular event in one's life. You would see the planet looming in the sky, depending on the time that you landed, you know, depending on the phase of the moon's orbit where you landed, you would see the planet in a different phase, like just as we see our moon in its crescent phase or its quarter phase or its full phase. Depending on when you land um, on the moon, the planet may be in its crescent phase, you know, and so you would see sort of like a sliver of a planet with its um, beautiful, tumultuous clouds. On a Jovian planet, you probably have just Um, incredibly complex cloud activity. You would see, you know, not like Jupiter's great red spot. You would see like storms raging on the surface of this planet. Depending on the stellar activity, um, you might even see, you would see double aurora. You know, you could see aurora like on the poles of the large gas giant planet. That's kind of like your shield. You would see it light up. Um, Those sized planets have really strong magnetic fields. That would be a magnificent thing to behold. And and the Mm -hmm. proximity of this big Jupiter-sized planet would almost be like, uh, you know, a second, a second star. So you'd get the light yeah. from, the, from the planet plus the mm-hmm. light from the star, and, and uh, it would just be a completely different uh, sky. Yeah, it would be a different sky. And just like, you know, children on the Earth, like I used to do when I was a little girl, would try to find the moon in the sky. Little children on this moon would try to find the planet in the sky. If you couldn't find this planet, you know, there would be something wrong with you because it's, it's going to be right there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be enormous. If you happen to be lucky enough that Upsilon Andromeda D has rings, you know, it might have rings. You know, in coming into land, you would see these sort of spectacular bands of um, ice and dust that comprise the planet's rings. So has there been an exomoon confirmed, even though your face is so exploding with uh, imagination <laughs> right now and, and joy yeah, about imagining um, something? If, if an exomoon is to be found in the Kepler data, um, my colleague David Kipping would find it. But the answer is not yet. And yet, they surely must be there. So the question is only, how small must they be to have eluded our detection so far? It would be the type of event, I think, where you would wonder about the real type of life in the universe. Like when I hear my friend and colleague David Kipping talking about exomoons, he emphasizes the fact that these Jupiter-sized planets in the star's habitable zone are much more common than single rocky planets. If even some of these Jupiter-sized planets have moons, they might be the predominant sites of life in the universe. Listen to you. You know, and so the fact that we kind of reside on a single rocky, you know, chunk of rock orbiting without, like, sort of a big brother planet, um, that might be relatively unusual. As a scientist, what do you think the principal value is of imagining these places as tangible places that we can uh, dream about, like we dream about uh, tourist vacations or or homesteading? Mm. I think that there's two answers to that. 
there's a value in imagination, you know, as far as like trying to conceive of the universe that we live in. But in truth, I think that that type of imagination is more of a luxury. Um, if anything, being able to envision planets as places should inspire us to remember that our own planet is a relative miracle. You know, um, the spaceship that we all live on that just happens to be the perfect temperature <laughs> and perfect for life. Um, it's it's precious and, and it's all that we have. If you forget for a moment that we live on a planet ourselves, you know, hurtling through a sterile void, you remember that it has tremendous value to us in a way that I think it's easy for folks to forget. Thanks so much, Sarah. You're welcome. That was a pleasure. Sarah Ballard is a NASA Carl Sagan Fellow at the University of Washington. To see a scientifically valid animated photo slideshow of all the exoplanets and exomoons we're highlighting this week, go to our website at thetakeaway.org. And got any interstellar vacation plans of your own? This is Jeff Oliver calling from St. Petersburg, Florida. I would jump at the chance to go into space. I mean, I saw the moon landing in 69, and if you ask me, in 2015, what would I see? If I looked at the moon, I would say, I'd see, well, I'd see Armstrong City, and I'd see Buzzville. And, hey, where are these places? Hi, this is Jeremiah from Dallas. I used to think traveling through space to a distant planet was uh, great when I was a kid, but the more I've grown up and realized how much I really enjoy social and human connection. I think space would be a very lonely place. Gary writes on Facebook, what I would want to know is, will there be pie? Dan Ortiz tweets, I'll go to the new planet. We need to send environmentalists first, though, before the capitalists get there and trash another one. I would love to do that. I don't find that I'm finding work here. Life here on Earth is pretty depressing. So if I had audiobooks and some games to play in space, Send me away on something constructive, and I'd be very happy. Hi, this is Steve from Charlottesville. The only way you'd get me on a spaceship would be if we first found a way to extend our lifespan, because it would suck to be stuck on the bus, only to die right when I get there. Call us at 877-8-MY-TAKE or tweet us at The Takeaway, all one word, at The Takeaway. And you can always find me on Twitter at Jay Hockenberry. And remember to check out our slideshow for some truly amazing images of the exoplanets and exomoons scientifically rendered all that we're discussing this week on the show.